You're listening to the preaching podcast of Victory Baptist Church in Roanoke Rapids, North Carolina, led by Pastor Jeremy Coburnett. It is our desire that you will be helped by this Bible message. Beginning in verse number 18 of Matthew chapter 1, the Bible says, Now the birth of Jesus Christ was on this wise, when as his mother Mary was a spouse to Joseph, before they came together, she was found with child of the Holy Ghost. Then Joseph, Joseph her, her husband, being, being a just man, and not willing to make her a public example, was minded to put her away privily. But while he thought on these things, behold, the angel of the Lord appeared unto him in a dream, saying, Joseph, thou son of David, fear not to take unto thee Mary thy wife, for that which is conceived in her is of the Holy Ghost. And, and she shall bring forth a son, and thou shalt call his name Jesus, for he shall save his people from their sins. Now all this was done, that it might be fulfilled which was spoken of the Lord by the prophet, saying, Behold, a virgin shall be with child, and shall bring forth a son, and they shall call his name Emmanuel, which being interpreted is God with us. Then Joseph, being raised from sleep, did as the angel of the Lord had bidden him, and took unto him his wife. And knew her not till she had brought forth her firstborn son, and he called his name Jesus. Amen. And let's pray. Our Father, we thank you for your word. I thank you so much for your people and their faithfulness to be in your house today on this first Sunday in December. Lord, I pray that it would be a wonderful time of year as we approach Christmas. I pray that you would help us to get along. I pray that you'd help us to be kind, help us to be patient. I pray we would uh, keep our eyes on you. I pray we would not allow the, the, the distractions and the, the problems to bog us down. But I pray that we would live uh, a victorious and a joyful and an abundant Christian life, especially these days uh, as we approach Christmas. Lord, speak to our hearts from the word of God this morning, we pray in Jesus' name. Amen. Thank you for standing. You may be seated. We find in the Christmas story, we find uh, many characters, and I've preached uh, from all these characters at different times, and I'll preach some of these characters uh, these next few weeks. But I see in the Christmas story, I see Mary and Joseph, and what an amazing example we have from their lives. And of course, Jesus, I mean, he's the, he's the focus of the Christmas story. You could talk about all the other characters, but if you miss Jesus, you've missed out. I love the story of the wise men, and I'm sure I'll preach about that sometime these next few weeks, and uh, our assistant pastors will be preaching some of these Wednesday night services, and they might preach about the wise men. I love the lessons from the shepherds. I, I love it all. I love the Christmas story. But as I begin to prepare for my Christmas messages uh, for this Sunday and for next Sunday, there was a character that jumped out at me that I've never preached about before. In the Christmas season, I would dare say this is a character that you probably have never heard as the subject of a message for Christmas. Now, it's right here. Uh, he's found in Matthew chapter 1, he's found in the book of Luke. But I want to draw your attention in Matthew chapter 1, of course, verse number 18, it says, Now the birth of Jesus Christ was on this wise, or this is how the birth came about. But I want you to look in Matthew chapter 1, and I want you to go back to the very first verse. It says, the book of the generation of Jesus Christ. 
This book is all about Jesus. And that's not just the book of Matthew, but the book of the Bible is all about Jesus. In the Old Testament, Brother David, you'd mention it in Sunday school. The book of Genesis, in the Garden of Eden, it was already prophesied that Jesus was coming. It was prophesied that although the serpent in the, in the garden, the serpent would bruise uh, his heel, Jesus Christ would bruise the serpent's head. And Jesus is the focus from Genesis 1 to Revelation 22. This book is all about Jesus. But Matthew 1, verse 1, it says, The book of the generation of Jesus Christ, he was the son of, we know he was the son of God. We know that his earthly father figure was Joseph. But this says that Jesus Christ was the son of David, the son of Abraham. Then we go to verse number 2, and the genealogy of Jesus begins with one man by the name of Abraham. Then we get to chapter 17. So all the generations from Abraham to David are 14 generations. And from David until the carrying away into Babylon are 14 generations. And from the carrying away into Babylon unto Christ are 14 generations. Here we find this man, Abraham, mentioned in the Christmas story. And I want to say this. Without God, obviously, there would be no Christmas story. But humanly speaking, had there not been a man by the name of Abraham, a man who was willing to follow God, a man who was willing to do what God had called him to do, the Christmas story would be very, very different. You see, Abraham is found in Scripture approximately 250 times. His name is mentioned from Genesis to the last mention in 1 Peter. Abraham is mentioned 250 times. Abram, which was his name before it was changed to Abraham, Abram is mentioned 50 times. Abram means a high or exalted father, but Abraham means the father of a multitude, the father of of many nations. Abraham is the father of the Jewish nation. It all started with God, but as far as human beings go, it all started with Abraham. Abraham was not a king. Abraham was not a prophet. Abraham was not a priest. Abraham was not a mighty warrior, although the Bible says he protected his family. And by the way, that's what fathers need to be, protectors of the family, protectors of the home. But Abraham didn't have the title. He's King Abraham. He's Priest Abraham. He's Prophet Abraham. You know what Abraham's title was? He was a father. He was a father that until the age of 100 did not even have the child that God had promised, Isaac. But yet Abraham was a man that was used mightily by God. Friend, I want to tell you, we wouldn't have a Christmas story like we have it were it not for Abraham. And you know, you and I here today, our lives would be very different were it not for a father or a mother, a grandfather or a grandmother. Maybe it's an uncle or an aunt. Maybe it's a Sunday school teacher that maybe we don't even know their name, but that Sunday school teacher had an impact on you. Maybe it was a pastor, maybe it was a, a youth pastor, maybe it was a, a school teacher, maybe it was a coach, maybe it was a neighbor. I don't know who it was, but maybe it was somebody who was just an ordinary, average person, but God used them in your life. I know there's some in my life that God has used to bring me to where I am today. And can I tell you, I want to thank God for the Abrahams. And I want to encourage all of us here today, we need you. 
And God needs us to be faithful to what he's called us to be. I want you to notice quickly a few lessons we can learn from the life of Abraham as it applies to the Christmas story. Number one, I see, and you can turn there if you want to, but in Genesis chapter 12, the Bible shows us that Abraham had faith in leaving his home country. Genesis chapter 12 in your Bible, it's the call of Abraham. And by the way, I think everything was good for Abraham in his home. I think he enjoyed getting to be with his family. I think he enjoyed uh, getting to have uh, the, 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 the hometown feel. I think it was good. It was not a terrible place. It was not an awful place. But it wasn't the place that God had for him. So in Genesis 12, God speaks to Abraham. And can I tell you, when God speaks, I think we ought to listen. When God speaks, I think we ought to do something about it. When God speaks, may God help us to have faith to leave the place that God is calling us to leave. Chapter 12, verse 1. Now the Lord had said unto Abram, Get thee out of thy country and from thy kindred and from thy father's house unto a land that I will show thee. And I will make of thee a great nation and I will bless thee and make thy name great and thou shalt be a blessing. I will bless them that bless thee and curse him that curseth thee. And in thee shall all the families of the earth be blessed. You say, what's that talking about? It's talking about the fact that Jesus would come from Abraham. And from Jesus, all the nations, all the people would be blessed. All the people could be saved through Jesus Christ. By the way, Genesis 12, 3 is one of many reasons why we support the nation of Israel. The nation of Israel is God's chosen people. And he's promised a blessing for those that bless Israel and a curse for those that curse Israel. But here we see in this passage, Abraham is 75 years old. Don't you think he was settled in his ways? By the way, you don't have to be 75 to get settled in your ways. My wife and I, we laugh because we didn't have children for the first nine years of our marriage. By the time Lacey and Savannah came along, we were already particular. We already had a way of doing things. And how many of you know children change that very quickly, right? Absolutely. I think grandchildren might do that to some of you. You, you don't mind it as much, but, but you get set in your ways. Abraham is 75, and God speaks to Abraham and says, Abraham, it's time to go. I think I'd be afraid maybe God had the wrong number. I think I'd be thinking maybe God is speaking to somebody. You know, maybe somebody in their teens or, or 20s or 30s, but Abraham is 75, and God says, I want you to go. And Abraham says, if you want me to go, I'll go. Abraham was a man of faith. In Hebrews chapter 11, the hall of faith chapter, there are more verses devoted to Abraham's life than any other Bible character. How come? Because he had faith to believe God. Now, if God called us to go today, and I thank God for many in this room that God has brought you to this place. I thank God for many that we know that have been called to go to mission fields. Now you can study it. Now you can search it. Now you can Google it. Now you can see pictures and videos and you can talk to people that live there. Abraham didn't have that luxury. He said, Abraham, I want you to go. Abraham said, where? He said, I'll tell you when you get there. I'll show you. You're just going to have to trust me. Abraham didn't get a lot of details. Can I tell you when somebody tells me how to get somewhere? I like it when they give me all of the details and all of the directions and all of the instructions. As a matter of fact, I like to punch it in on the GPS. I like to know every turn. I like to kind of gauge how the trip's going to go. I like to know how long it is. Abraham knew none of that. But yet Abraham was willing to leave by faith. 
You see, Abraham left his father's house at the age of 75. And from that time on, Abraham never built a house. You know what the Bible says? He lived in tents for the rest of his life. Abraham never built a house. But can I tell you what Abraham built? He built some altars. He built some places where he got with God. He built some places where he worshiped God. And friend, I don't think it's quite as important how many houses we build and how many buildings we build and how many businesses we build. I'm not against those things. But may God help us to build some more altars. May God help us to build some places where we meet with God and where we walk with God and where God speaks to us. Abraham had faith in leaving. It took faith to leave his father's house. It took faith to leave his home country. It took faith to leave everyone and everything that he knew. By the way, you get to the Christmas story. And what did God call Mary and Joseph to do? They had to leave. They had to go down into Egypt. They didn't understand it. They didn't have it all figured out. But can I tell you, there was somebody way, way, way back who had by faith followed God. And can I tell you, I'm glad today that I've had some people in my life who showed their faith. They demonstrated their faith. And I can look at those people and say, hey, if God could take care of them, God can take care of me. And if God can take care of them, God can take care of you as well. I see Abraham's faith in leaving. However, before I move on to the next point, I want to say this. Sometimes it takes more faith to stay than it does to leave. I'm not talking about running from your problems. I'm not talking about you get in a bad situation and you blame it on God and say, well, God told me I need to leave. I'm not talking about leaving your family. I'm not talking about uh, leaving your, your, your home. I'm not talking about leaving the church. I'm not talking about leaving a place that is spiritual. I'm talking about when God speaks and God leads you to a place that brings you closer to him. My dad, I've told you the story many times, but my dad graduated from Bible college and he felt called to be a pastor. He was not a pastor for 20 years after he graduated from Bible college. He was a Christian school teacher. He was a Sunday school teacher. I was going back in my dad's, one of my dad's old Bibles, and he wrote down some, some dates and just a couple words kind of with a description of what happened on that date. My dad wrote in his Bible in 1982, there was a church that called my dad. I was three years old at the time. There was a church that called my dad to be their pastor, and it was just a short distance from Rockford, Illinois. My dad was a Christian school teacher there, and my dad thought that might be it. And my dad went, and he visited, and he talked to some people, and he felt like God was not leading him to go, but God was leading him to stay. Three years later, 1985, that same church was in need of a pastor again. They called my dad again, and my dad thought, well, maybe this is it. Maybe this is the place. I'll never forget my dad said he talked to his pastor, Pastor Swanson at the time. And Pastor Swanson just said, you know, Joe, I don't think that'd be a good idea. My dad, these were my dad's words to me. He said, I thought, really? You don't think that's a good idea for me to go? But, you know, what if God, and he didn't say that, but he felt like, what if, what if God wanted me to go? And he said after that, he said, I thank the Lord that I followed the spiritual authority, the, the advice. And of course, my dad prayed about it. He felt like God wanted him to stay. 1982, 1985, 1994 or so comes around and there was an opportunity for my dad to go to work in a Christian school. And, and I remember my dad talking about it and praying about it and God just didn't give him a piece about it. And you say, well, well did, did that take faith to stay? Oh, Absolutely. 
Because sometimes you'll see some opportunities or you'll see some things that looks like it'd be better. It looks like it'd be easier. Sometimes it just takes faith to stay where God puts you, to stick it out in the hard times and not to run every time trouble comes. We're not talking about leaving because of convenience. We're talking about following the Lord by faith. I'm thankful that my dad stayed by faith all those times because in October of 1995, my dad became the pastor of the First Baptist Church in Geneseo. Uh, That's a a church that God used so much in my life. That's a church that God used so much, Brother Dan, in your life and Brother Nathan's life and uh, Miss uh, Kelly Pinello and others in our church that that, that God, God did something in our hearts and lives in that place. And I'm glad there was somebody that had faith, whether God said go or whether God said stay. I want to ask you this morning, how's your faith? You say, oh, that's just for pastors. Oh, that's just for teenagers. Oh, that's just for missionaries. Oh, no, no. The Bible says every one of us must walk by faith. We walk by faith and not by sight. The just shall live by faith without faith. It's impossible to please God. How's your faith? Do you have faith in God? Do you believe that God is who he says he is? Do you believe that God will do what he says he will do? Do you have faith that God is going to take care of you no matter what? Maybe this morning there's some places you need to leave. What is it that's holding you back from doing what God has told you to do? Maybe there's a place you need to leave. Maybe it's a bar. Maybe it's a casino. Maybe it's a place of drugs. Maybe it's a place of immorality. Maybe it's a sinful place that that, that God is speaking to you and you need to leave. And that doesn't even take faith. That just takes obedience to do what God has said to do. Maybe you need faith today to stay. Faith to stay in the place where God has called you with your family, uh, with, uh, with Christians, with people that love God, and people that are trying to serve God. Maybe God is speaking to you. I want to tell you, don't ever leave a place that is strengthening your journey and strengthening your walk with Christ. Abraham had great faith in leaving, but secondly, I see that Abraham followed the leading. Abraham followed the word of God. God spoke to Abraham and Abraham obeyed. The Bible tells us he was a sojourner. That means that he, he went to a place and then God said, all right, it's time to move to this place and it's time to go to this place. And the ultimate, the ultimate goal was to get to the land of promise that God had for Abraham and for his family. Abraham was not supposed to settle down. Abraham was not supposed to get comfortable until he arrived at the location that God had for him. Hebrews 11.8, the Bible says that when he was called out into a place which he should have to receive for an inheritance, he obeyed. And he went out not knowing whither he went. That takes faith to follow somebody when you don't know where you're going. You say, Pastor, how can you follow somebody if you don't know where you're going? Easy. You just have to make sure that the person that's leading the way They know where they're going. And I want to tell you, as you follow the leading of God, he knows the way. I like that little chorus we sing. My Lord knows the way through the wilderness. All I have to do is follow. Strength for today is mine all the way. And all that I need for tomorrow, God knows the way. You can follow him. We see in the Christmas story that Mary and Joseph followed God's leading in their lives time and time again. Mary and Joseph did not have a completed Bible like we have. 
Abraham did not have a Bible like we have. Abraham did not have the Holy Spirit like we have as Christians. But friend, I want to tell you, we follow the leading of God through obedience to his word and through being yielded to the Holy Spirit speaking to our lives. Will you follow God? You say, Pastor, I want to follow God. Well, you can't follow God if you don't read his word. You can't follow God if you're not praying and seeking his will. You cannot follow God if you're not listening to the Holy Spirit. I see that Abraham had faith in leaving. Number two, he followed the leading of God. But number three, he was a friend by loving God. The Bible tells us three times, you don't have to turn there, but 2 Chronicles 20, Isaiah 41, and James chapter 2, three times the Bible calls Abraham the friend of God. Nobody else in scripture has that title. Nobody else has that description, but Abraham three times he is called the friend of God. I wonder if God could use that to describe our lives. I wonder, would you say that God is your friend? You say, well, I love him. Good. The Bible says if you love him and if I love him, we're going to obey him. We're going to follow him. We're going to serve him. We're going to do those things that please him. All throughout Abraham's life, he talked with God. All through Abraham's life, God spoke to him. And friend, I want to tell you, I want to know God. And I want to love God like Abraham. I want to have a relationship with God like Mary and Joseph had. That they knew God. They loved God. They followed God. They obeyed him. They wanted to serve him with their lives. I see about Abraham quickly. Number four, I see Abraham's focus by looking to God. Would you turn with me, please, to the book of Hebrews chapter 11. I want you to see a few verses here. Hebrews 11. I've already mentioned this is the hall of faith chapter in the Bible. And Abraham and, and Sarah are mentioned so many times and so much description is given about their faith. But I see their focus was by looking to God. Hebrews 11 and verse number 10. The Bible says about Abraham, for he looked for a city which hath foundations whose builder and maker is God. Verse number 13. These all died in faith, not having received the promises, but having seen them afar off. You see, a lot of the promises that God gave to Abraham, he never saw it come to pass. He never saw it fulfilled in his generation, but he believed that it would. Abraham never saw the birth of Jesus. Abraham never saw the, the cross and the, the burial and the resurrection, but he believed it. Why did he believe it? Because he knew God. And he knew that if God makes a promise, that was a promise that would be kept every time. Verse 13, these died in faith, not having received the promise, but having seen them afar off, they were persuaded of them and embraced them and confessed that they were strangers and pilgrims on the earth. Verse 14, for they that say such things declare plainly that they seek a country. Abraham, where are you going? What in the world are you doing? Abraham said, I'm looking for a country. He said, I'm looking for a place that God has built. I'm looking for a place whose builder and maker is God. I know that there's that place. I know it exists because God told me so. And then we get to verse number 15. And truly, if they had been mindful of that country from whence they came out, they might have had opportunity to have returned. Boy, there's a whole other message there. You know, if you spend too much time thinking about where you came from, you might be tempted to go back. 
That's why as Christians, after you get saved, the Bible says, come out from among them and be ye separate, saith the Lord. That's why the Bible says, set your affection on things above, not on things on the earth. If you focus on all, you know, uh, like the children of Israel, all back in Egypt, we had it so good. Friend, they were delusional. They were crazy. They were slaves in Egypt, but yet they, they thought about how good it was. And they thought about the good times. They thought about the security. They thought about the supposed safety they had. When in reality, they had nothing good in Egypt. Don't think about it. Don't dwell on all of the past life. You know what you remember about the past? You remember all the good times. You remember all the fun times with friends and the partying and all that. But you know what you won't remember? You won't remember the heartache. You won't remember the misery. You won't remember all the, the bad things. You won't remember all the things that got destroyed in that time. Just keep your eyes on God. Keep following him. Focus by looking to God. Verse number 16, but now they desire a better country. That is a heavenly country. Wherefore, God is not ashamed to be called their God, for he hath prepared for them a city. Did you know that everything God has to offer you is better than anything the world has to offer? It's, as a matter of fact, it's not even close. It's not even like you have to, to weigh out the pros and cons and, oh, I don't know, there's, like, there, there's like, like 10 pros here and there's nine here and there's, you know, there's five cons here and there's six. Oh, no, 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 it's not even close when you compare what God has to offer. It's always, always better. We focus by looking to God. You got to keep your focus on him. Mary and Joseph in the Christmas story, we'll get to that in the weeks to come. Mary and Joseph kept their focus on God. They kept their focus on the word of God. They kept their focus on God's plan for their lives. Hebrews chapter 11, if you'll turn one page over, probably to Hebrews 12, might be the same page, but Hebrews chapter 12, the Bible tells us, what can we learn from these heroes of faith? What, what, what can we do? How can we apply this to our lives? Hebrews 12, one, wherefore, seeing we also are compassed about with so great a cloud of witnesses, let us lay aside every weight and the sin which does so easily beset us and let us run with patience the race that is set before us. You say, Pastor, sometimes I get tired in the Christian life and sometimes I get worn out. Absolutely. You know why? Because we're in a race and we're running and it's not always going to be easy and it's not always going to be a cakewalk and it's not always going to be smooth sailing. There will be some adversity, but we keep running the race. Verse 2 tells us how. Looking unto Jesus, the author and finisher of our faith, who for the joy that was set before him endured the cross, despising the shame, and is set down at the right hand of the throne of God. How's your focus today? Who are you looking at today? Who, who, are, you, who are you watching today? Let's get our focus back on Christ. Abraham became an example for his people to follow. I wonder today, can people follow your example? Can people follow my example? Can your children follow the pattern that you have left for them? You say, Pastor, I've had a lot of mistakes in my life, and I've messed up a lot in my life, and guess what? So did Abraham. <laughs> uh, so did every single Bible character that we read about. They all had mistakes. They all had failures. But guess what? They just kept their eyes on the Lord. They just kept on going. They, they just stayed faithful looking unto Jesus. Abraham became a pattern and an example that we read about through all the Gospels. Jesus so many times referred to their father, Abraham. You see, in Genesis 17, 
we find that God made a covenant with Abraham. We call it the Abrahamic covenant. It was a promise that God said to Abraham, he said, that your, your children will be as the sand of the seashore for multitude. And when God made that promise, Abraham was still waiting on one child. But can I tell you, don't give up on God. Don't throw in the towel. Uh, don't allow doubt and fear to overtake you because God is the master of the impossible. And God did in Abraham's life what I'm sure others thought, are you kidding me? God, you called a man that's 75 years old to go to a strange place? Yeah. You're talking to a guy that doesn't even have his son until he's 100 years old? Are you serious? Yep. And here we get to Matthew chapter 1. And this is the book of the generation of Jesus Christ, who was the son of David and the son of Abraham. I don't believe that Abraham had any idea how God was going to use him. And I want to tell you today, you and I have no idea how God wants to use us. You say, Pastor, my life is over. I, I, I may be young, but I've made mistakes. Or maybe you say I'm old and I don't have a lot of life left. Well, guess what? Abraham didn't either. But God used him. You have no idea, and I have no idea what God can and will do through people that'll just say yes. People that'll just have faith. People that will follow. People that will be the friend of God and walk with God. And people that will be focused by looking to him. You and I don't know how God's going to use us, but it is my prayer that he will. It is my desire that God would use me. It is my desire that God would use all of us. You say, but pastor, I, I'm not a preacher. I'm not a Sunday school teacher. I'm not a, a business owner. I'm not a manager. I'm not a, a CEO. I'm not a person that has a lot of influence. Well, guess what? When Abraham was called by God, he didn't have it either. But here we are. All these years later, and we look back at Abraham, who was not only the father of Israel, but the Bible said he'd be the father of many nations. Those nations in the Middle East, you know where they came from? Came from Abraham. So you and I don't know how God will use us, but we don't have to know. We just have to have faith. Would you trust him today? You don't have to know. You just have to follow. You say, but I want to know. I, I'm a control freak. You know, I got to know where I'm going. No, you don't. If you knew where you were going, you'd probably mess it up, and so would I. We don't have to know where we're going. We just have to know the one who's leading the way. And then today, would you walk with God, maybe especially during this Christmas season? Would you be careful that you don't allow the busyness of Christmas to keep you from getting closer to Jesus? And then would you keep your focus on God? Just keep looking to Him. Keep your eyes on Him. Thank you for listening to the preaching podcast of Victory Baptist Church in Roanoke Rapids, North Carolina, led by Pastor Jeremy Coburnett. For more information about our ministry, please visit our website at vbcrr.org. May God bless you as you serve Him this week.